Hey, you're listening to Quad Thought Rocks, God, the World, and Other Things. I'm Kenny Price, your host. Our mission, you got it, advancing equilibrium in the midst of an agitated world. This is Season 8, Episode 175. This is mini-cast number four. The New Jerusalem is, number one, we said the bride of the Lamb. Number two, a place of eternal relationships. Number three, a place of new beginnings. And now, a place of satisfied living. We see this in chapter 21, verses 6 through 8. This is Jesus saying to John, Then he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will freely give to the thirsty from the spring of the water of life. The one who conquers will inherit these things, and I will be his God and he will be my son. But the cowards, faithless, detestable, murderers, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their share will be in a lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Jesus is the Alpha and Omega. Alpha and Omega are the first and last letters of the Greek alphabet. Folks, he is the bookends of human history. He was the creator of the universe. John chapter 1 verse 3 says, All things were created through him, and apart from him not one thing was created that has been created. And he is also the destroyer of the universe. And he is the builder of the new heaven and the new earth coming down out of heaven. Friends, this is Jesus' world. He's going to start it, he's going to finish it, and he's going to rebuild it and make it all new. But here we see the promise of a satisfied life that's found in free liquid life. The story is told of Juan Ponce de Leon's search for the Fountain of Youth in Florida all the way back in 1513. Most likely it's myth, but folks, here we now see in the New Jerusalem that the Fountain of Youth really does exist. It's there. It is the spring of the water of life. The question is, how do you get it? A Gallup poll back in 1991 reported that 78% of Americans expect to go to heaven when they die. But what is that expectation founded on? Wishful thinking? That is not a stable platform from which to launch into the afterlife. Friend, you can't buy it. It's free. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life. How? Through Christ Jesus our Lord. So we have to come to the source. Every person is born thirsty. The condition is universal. We try to quench our thirst with many things. In John chapter 4, verses 4 through 18, Jesus encountered a woman who had tried to quench her thirsty soul through immorality. In John 4:10, Jesus answered her and said, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. John 4:13, Jesus says, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. The woman had come at noonday to draw water because she was a woman of ill repute. So she came to the watering hole when it was least populated in the heat of the day. And Jesus says, but whoever drinks the water I will give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. In other words, an artesian well of eternal life coming out of your own soul by the power of Jesus. In John chapter 7, verses 37 and 38, it says on that last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. Friend, this is the life, the satisfied living that we have to look forward to in heaven. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Friend, before every human being that walks the planet awaits one of two bodies of water. One is a lake of liquid fire that gives no light and is eternal death and torment. 
The other is the eternal spring of life that flows as a river from the throne of God in the New Jerusalem. The opposite end of the spectrum are those who do not want their thirst quenched. They like the constant, insatiable desire. A song by recording artist K.D. Lang summarizes the condition of the people listed among those who share in this lake of fire. It's called Constant Craving. It was a big hit, and she sang, Even through the darkest phase, be it thick or thin, always someone marches brave here beneath my skin, and constant, constant craving has always been. You see, everyone inherits real estate from God. It is totally true. I'm not just using a metaphor to drive home a point. Their share, their part, the Bible says, the subset of a whole in the afterlife that the wicked inherit is in the lake of fire. It's talking about those who are cowards. And we're talking about attitudes and emotions here. And a coward is one who runs, who runs away at nothing. That's timid. A person showing fear in a cowardly way especially the one who capitulates under persecution, spineless. Now, friend, think about the rest of this list. Some of the things are very, very difficult and very hard. But yet in this list of eight types of people who will be in the lake of fire are cowards. And up front, that's not a sin that we think of as being worthy of hellfire. But God Almighty, Jesus himself tells John that you're headed for the great life, one of of perfect living of freedom in living. And yet, those who are cowards, they're not going to be there. Secondly, the faithless, one who does not believe the good news about Jesus. Friend, that is the ultimate faith crisis. Faithlessness is one who will not accept the good news about Jesus. What a person does believe matters. It is the matter of eternal life or eternal death. So those who are faithless, another way to say it is untrustworthy, in contrast with Christ, who is trustworthy, who is faithful. Disloyalty is akin to cowardice. The third thing, detestable. Another word used for this is abominable. It means someone who is polluted. But next we see murderers, talking about someone who kills another person, who because of hate and violence in their heart, strikes out at another human being and takes their life. In the United States in 2016, there were 182,000 people in prison for murder. Did you know that? Think about it. We're such a murderous nation. As I said, friend, murder is not the unpardonable sin. But mark it down. Those who pass to the afterlife unrepentant and not saved in Jesus will be punished for eternity for taking the life of another human being. Murder was the second sin following Adam's sin of disobedience in the garden. It is mankind at its worst. But the next sin, the next attribute of the person who will be cast into the lake of fire, the sexually immoral, the fornicators. Again, friend, this is all too common in so many ways, both then in John's day and now in our day. Sexual immorality and murder often are two crimes that go together. Sexual sin is rampant in our nation and our world. It is the defining attribute of the world system of the great prostitute that dominates humankind. We need to wrap our mind around that. Unrepentant fornicators will go into an everlasting punishment. It is not a light thing as it's paraded across the world of our entertainment industry. Friend, we no longer blush at sin. But next is sorcerers. And I said this in an earlier podcast that sorcerers comes from the word pharmacias which has to do with pharmaceuticals, with drugs. It's closely connected with idolatry and magic. Friends, just think about this. The cannabis dispensaries, as the sterile term is called for the pot uh, distributors of California and Colorado, they're agents of sorcery. The benign attitude towards drugs that are destroying our nation is astounding. Lawmakers so hungry for the massive dollars reaped 
from an easy mark, willing to sell people's souls into an eternal hell. The seventh type of person that will be cast into the lake of fire is the idolater, to where extreme admiration and love is placed on something other than given to God Almighty, who deserves our soul devotion. Finally, it says all liars, and it's repeated in chapter 22, verse 15. Friend, lying is not a light sin. They will have a share in the lake of fire that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. I ask you a question. Why does Jesus mention this cafeteria list of gross sins against the celebratory thoughts of the promise of eternal inheritance of all the blessings of heaven? I think there's two things, at least. It's the reminder that there is coming a fork in the road for every one of us. Not everyone goes to heaven. For those of us on this side of eternity, Jesus is crying out as loud and incessantly as possible to warn that the way that seems right to humans is the way of death and that the bridge is out and to continue down that road ultimately ends in eternal tortuous ruin. The second thing I think is that he is letting those who are overcomers know, and this is the very theme of the book, to those who overcome, that all of the people who caused them great harm and heartache in this life are no longer in the society. Only people that have been made new in Jesus will populate heaven. That is one of the greatest things about the afterlife for the Christian. There's no Satan. There are no demons. There are no liars, no witches, no warlocks, no people that love things over people in God, no people who are undependable, no people who are unstable, no traitors, no unfaithful. No relationship destroyers will be present. They will be a thing of the past. Friend, so this is great news that the new Jerusalem coming down is bringing with it satisfied living so that we'll be able to enjoy and embrace and be embraced by loving people who are satisfied in their living by an authentic relationship with God Almighty and our attention and our focus and our love are toward Him. And with that, my friend, I bid you peace. Peace.